Hey everyone, welcome to Together Church. I am so excited that you're here today. Uh, we are a life-giving, community-engaging church here in Pace, Florida, and we are so thrilled that you have chosen to worship with us today. And if this is your first time watching, listening, why don't you go to mytogetherchurch.com and you can find out more information about us. Uh, you can also give in tithes and offerings if you want to support what we are doing here in Together Church. So I just welcome you to our online campus experience today, and I hope that your life is changed, challenged, and hope is filled in your life after today. And so we have been in Acts for several weeks now. Uh, the last number of series that we have been in has come from the book of Acts. And I didn't have anything witty for a title today. We're pretty much covering uh, almost the whole chapter of Acts chapter 9 today, and I love it. Um, it's a true testament of God's power. Uh, it's a testament of God's ability to deliver his people, a testament of his scandalous grace and a testament of God working through our prayers. The main thought for today is that while we are praying, God is working. So let's go to chapter number nine, and we're not going to read it all at once. We're going to break it into groups of scriptures, and we are going to dissect it and go through this chapter. So, uh, following along with us, Acts chapter number 9, and we're going to read the first couple of verses. But Paul, still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues at Damascus, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem." Now, let's put this in kind of the context and complete the picture of who Saul is in this moment. Saul is a very zealous man. He's zealous for the things of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is passionate about what he is doing. He is passionate about the Lord. He's passionate about his calling. He's passionate about his Jewish faith, and he is uh, very much like Elijah in his zeal and his zeal for defending the way of the Lord, right? Uh, we see stories of Elijah going after the prophets of Baal and, and, and you know, killing and destroying uh, these people who are coming against the Jewish faith. And I want to kind of throw this out there, that the very things that we were champion, the prophets of the Old Testament for doing, is actually what Saul, and I'm going to get tongue-tied all through this, uh, Saul becomes Paul, and I'm trying to say Saul because that's who he is right now, bear with me, alright, so <clears throat> the very things we champion, the prophets of the Old Testament, is the very thing that Saul is doing in this moment. He's coming against people who is challenging or wanting to, in his mind, end the Jewish faith. Now, Paul is, or Saul is a man, told you, Saul is a man who, uh, who truly believes the Old Testament. 
He believes that a Messiah is coming, that he is coming to deliver the people, that he is going to lead them into the kingdom that God wants to build. But he doesn't believe that that is Jesus. All right, keep this in mind. Yes, it's horrible because he's coming against Jesus' people. He's coming against the church. He's coming against Christians. And as we'll read in just a moment, he's coming against Jesus. But he's zealous. He's doing what he, he believe is, what he believes is right. And as you read kind of the headings in this um, group of scriptures, it, it says that it's called Saul's conversion. But, 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 but I want to kind of throw this out there that, that maybe this isn't uh, exactly the conversion that we're thinking, right? Like we would use conversion in this idea that maybe an atheist converts to Christianity, or that a Muslim converts to Christianity. Now, this is a little different because Paul's a God-fearing man. He deeply, deeply loves the Lord, but he rejects the ideas Jesus is the Son of God. And uh, so we're looking at this. Uh, it's not that same idea because Paul is a very passionate follower of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's just not sold on Jesus being the Messiah promised from the Old Testament. All right, keep all this in mind, right? We're going to lay some foundation. We're going to dissect this. So bear with me. Keep some of this in mind. Take notes, okay? If you're not driving, be taking notes because this is very important, very good stuff for our, our spirits. All right, going down. Acts chapter 9, verses 3, to no, three through 9. Now as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city, and you will be told what you are to do. The men who were traveling with him stood speechless, hearing the voice, but seeing no one. Saul rose from the ground, and although his eyes were opened, he saw nothing. And they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And for three days he was without sight and neither ate nor drank. Okay, so this is really cool. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we were doing a sermon, and it was about the church being persecuted. And I was making these comments that they're not that the church wasn't being persecuted. They didn't hate the church because they were the church. They hated Jesus. They denied who Jesus was. And that when in your life, people come against you because of your faith, they're not coming against you. They're coming against Jesus. And that's exactly what Jesus says here. He says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? All right, this is good. And this is deep. And remember everything that we talked about before this happened, that, that, that Saul is a very zealous, passionate man for, for the Lord, for, 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 for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, but the problem is he wholeheartedly denies that Jesus is the Messiah. And so now Jesus is talking to him, and he's telling him in this moment that he is in fact the crucified king. He is the coming Messiah. So, so what's happening here, 
once again, I want us to kind of keep this in context, and is, is that Saul knows the Lord. Saul's passionate about the Lord. He's passionate about God. And at this moment, Jesus reveals himself to Saul and says, Saul, I am the one you are seeking. The one you are trying to kill is in fact the one that you're waiting for. I am the Messiah that, that you've been studying about. I am the Messiah that you are trying to defend. Okay, think about this. Saul in his mind is trying to uh, do away with this Jesus character so that the real Messiah could come. And now Jesus is saying, no, 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 Saul, I am he. And this is deep for Saul. This is very deep. It's a deep moment where Saul realizes what's going on. And he's been uh, on a zealous journey of restoring the Jewish faith as prophets before him. And now he realizes that he, is, uh, that he has been the very thing he was trying to stop. It's a whirlwind. The scripture says the men stood speechless and confused that they didn't see the vision. They didn't hear the voice. They don't understand what's going on. And sometimes our counters with God won't be understood by everyone. I want to say that again. Sometimes, many times, our encounters with God won't be understood by everyone. But you and I, we have to hold on to these encounters and we have to guard them no matter what anyone else ever says. That those moments where God and his still small voice shows up in the room with us and speaks life into us or, or he calls us to do something that, 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 that's outside of our wheelhouse or calls us to do something bold and intimidating. Not everyone's going to embrace it. Not everyone's going to understand it, but we have to hold on to this. Now, we have to know that we have been with God. And we have to know uh, that, that God has spoken this through us. All right. And we uh, will see uh, how intense all this gets in Saul's life. This is a, an emotional, spiritual whirlwind that Saul's encountering right now. And Saul was blinded in this moment. And he wasn't blinded as a punishment. But as we spoke about, this is a very deep moment for Saul. And from what I believe, and I, I, I've read scholars say as well, is that, that he was blinded so he could better focus in on the Lord. And to focus and to reflect on what Jesus has done and what Jesus wants to do with Saul's life. That there are many times in our lives where we... we we may not be physically blinded, but we need to be uh, blinded to a lot of things that are happening in our life and happening around us so that we can truly focus in on what God is calling us to do, who God's calling us to be, where God is taking us, and not being distracted by the things around us. There are many times where Jesus wants us to focus and reflect on him and his callings for us. I want to say that again. There are times, there are, a, there, there are times in our lives when Jesus wants us to focus and reflect completely on him and completely on the callings that he has for our lives. Not being distracted 
by everything else. And this whole story is incredible. Uh, we've talked about last week that God is working on both sides of the equation, right? And this is where, uh, this is where prayer, like this is where I start to see God answering prayers. Uh, and this is incredible, guys. I, I'm getting excited right now just thinking about the different ways that God answers prayers all through this chapter. And I hope that it's an encouragement because I want you to leave today understanding that while we pray, God is working. And this is not just in this group of scriptures we're in, but it's in the next group and the next group and the next group. And this whole chapter could be summarized with, with, with our whole main idea here that while we are praying, God is working. Okay? And I want you to be encouraged, and I want you to know that, that, that even though we have times where our prayers seem to hit the ceiling, right, that it don't go past the ceiling, that we fear, feel like uh, it's falling on deaf ears, that's not the case, that while we are praying, God is working. Come on, somebody, this is exciting. But God is working on both sides of the equation. What am I talking about? Listen, the church is pushed out of Jerusalem. They're going into Samaria, Judea, and all the, uh, all the ends of the earth, right, as it was talked about in Acts chapter 1. And I, I would assume that while they are running, they're praying, God, can you end this terror that's happening? God, can you protect us? God, will you be with us? God, we are going to continue to do your work, but God, can you do something about this madman who wants to put us in prison? So my, my, the way I see this, you know, you see it how you want to see it, that the church is praying. And while they're praying, while they're believing, God stops Saul in his tracks. Come on, somebody. He stops him, and he starts to work on him. What if, what if, let's just play what if for a moment. What if the whole time the church wasn't praying, God, take him out of leadership. God, do this. God, do that. But they said, God, get a hold of his heart. That ain't the thing we need to be praying for people that we don't agree with. You know, I, I, I social media is a, a terrible thing sometimes. I see the things we say against our political leaders and things like that. That's not the place of the church. The place of the church is to, to pray for those leaders. God, get a hold of their hearts. God, you can do the work in their life to save them. Hmm. Oh, come on, someone. Mm -hmm. While we are praying, God is working. That's what was happening in this moment. The church is praying, and God stops Paul and starts to work in his life. Just because we can't see God working in our situation doesn't mean he isn't working. And this is where faith comes in, right? That, God, I don't see you working, but I have faith that you are working. And this is what I love. Think about this. Saul is on his way to throw people in prison. Saul's in his way to kill people. Come on, someone. This is good stuff. I, I feel it right now. I hope you're feeling this too, right? I hope that, that while you're listening, while you're watching, you feel this. Paul or Saul is on his way to wreak havoc, and God stops him. And this is what's... This is what's this, while the church is over here praying, believing, working, serving, God is stopping attacks from coming into their life that they'll never know about. Mm. Mm. I heard that. I heard someone say amen. 
I heard someone out there say amen because you know it's right. Listen, there are things that God stops in our lives that we never even know about. And we may never know about. Paul is on his way to Damascus to wreak havoc and God stops him and protects his church. And not only did he stop him to protect him, he stopped him to bless him. Because we're going to see how he starts to interact and how Paul, Saul becomes Paul and, and all the impact that he has on the church. God is stopping things in your life that you'll never know about. Now we get upset when he let things in, right? When, when, when maybe sickness comes to our body or we go through a financial hardship or someone we love hurts us. But if we only knew the amount of things that God stopped in our life. I believe God has stopped attacks in your life that you'll never know about. God has healed sicknesses in your body that you didn't even know was there. God has covered your bills. He has stopped bills from coming that you never knew about. That he has removed people out of your life and you never even knew it. That someone was coming into your life and God removed them before you ever knew them. There are things that God stops in your life that you never knew about. And I want, I want you to hear this. And I want you to write this down and put it somewhere where it will encourage you. God is doing far more for us than we will ever know. I want to say that again. God is doing far more for us than we will ever know. Write it down like this. God is doing far more for me than I'll ever know. And I think we could thank God right now for his provision, for his protection that we'll never know about. And this is why God has called us to be a worshipful people. That no matter what I'm going through, I'm worshiping him. Because I know that there's things that he has removed out of my life. There's ways he's protected me. There's ways that he has had provision in my life that I'll never know about. And I'm just going to thank him anyways. Oh, man, this is good stuff. And, uh, you know, but then we do have the nerve, right? That, God, how could you let these people in my life? And God goes, you should have saw the people I didn't let in your life. But, God, uh, how are you going to let me have this financial uh, strain that I have? And he's, you know, maybe God would say, you should see what I've protected you from. Come on, somebody. Come on. If we only knew all the things that God has prevented uh, us from going through. We would be worshipful. Come on, somebody. All right, Acts chapter 9, verse 10. And now there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. The Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Rise and go to the street called Straight. And at the house of Judas, look for a man of Tarsus named Saul. For behold, he is praying. Now, it's kind of funny. He, he laid it out like Ananias didn't know who he was already, right? And as he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he may regain his sight. But Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man how much evil he has done to your saints at Jerusalem. And here he has the authority from the chief priest to bind all who call on your name. 
But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and the kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how much he must suffer for my name's sake. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes, and he regained his sight. Then he rose and was baptized, and taking food, he was strengthened. This is awesome. God talks to Ananias like he didn't know who Saul of Tarsus was, right? <laughs> like he knew, he knew. And uh, this is amazing. Think about the boldness of Ananias in this moment. He was willing to respond to what the Lord called him to do, no matter how difficult, no matter how dangerous the task was. And uh, But we do see there in the moment this slight kind of prejudiced fear, um, you know, like he's like, dude, he's evil, God. He's trying to kill us. And God says, go anyways. And, and, and he did. And we have to be like Ananias, that, that when God calls us, we have to follow him fully. There's no halfway, right? That when God calls us, if it's hard, if it's difficult, dangerous, that we must follow him fully. This is hard because the gospel is hard, right? Living the gospel out is a very difficult thing. But God strengthens us. God empowers us. God protects us. And you never know who God is calling you to witness for. You never know who God is calling you to pray for. You never know who God is calling you to lead. Look at this. Saul becomes Paul and he writes the majority of the New Testament. He's the greatest apostle that we, we've ever had. And Ananias, in spite of the fear he had, went and did what the Lord called him to do, to bless Saul. This is incredible. And I love this. While the disciples, this is what we were talking about earlier, right? While the disciples were praying for the attacks to stop, God was speaking to Saul, Right? God, stop this from happening. And the other side, on both sides of the equation, right? He's talking to Saul like, hey, I'm going to use you. I am who you're looking for. So now, when God goes to Ananias, he says, listen, Saul is at this house and he's praying. God works both sides of this equation, right? That while Saul is praying, God is working. While he's praying, for whatever is to be revealed to him, he's talking to the answer to his prayer. While we are praying, God is working. Verses 19 through 25, it talks about Saul preaching and growing after the scales fell off. He's preaching and growing in strength. He's growing in faith. And the Jews plot to kill him, but he escapes. The one who was leading the resistance is now running from the resistance, right? The one leading the charge is now running from the charge. I want you to understand, if you're watching this and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm, I'm, going, I'm believing right now that you, you walk away from this in love with Jesus, ready to follow him. But I want you to know 
that not everyone's going to be excited when you decide to, uh, to follow the Lord. Not everyone is going to be excited about the decisions we make. But that's okay. Because Jesus is the one that we're focused in on. And what he's calling us to do, who he's calling us to be, that's far more important than who supports us and who agrees with us. Right? All right, let's go. That we have to continue, we have to follow, we have to trust God no matter who is against us. All right, let's keep going. Acts chapter 9, verse 26. And when he had come to Jerusalem, he attempted to join the disciples. And they were all afraid of him, for they did not believe that he was a disciple. But Barnabas took him and brought him to the apostles and declared to them how on the road he had seen the Lord, who spoke to him, and how at Damascus he had preached boldly the name of Jesus. So he went in and out among among them at Jerusalem, preaching boldly in the name of the Lord. And he spoke and disputed against the Hellenists, but they were seeking to kill him. And when the brothers learned this, they brought him down to Caesarea and sent him off to Tarsus. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. This is awesome. This is interesting. Look at what happens. Saul was persecuting the the Christians, and the Jews were his biggest fans, right? People he grew up with, the people he learned with, he served with, he killed with, whatever, you know. These people now were against him, right? So so Saul leaves this uh, identity, this culture, this community of Jewish people And he accepts and understands that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah, and they reject him and want to kill him. So you would think that now this great leader, the one who is persecuted, the the Christians would be like, man, this is great that he's on our side, but they weren't. So now Saul is in this interesting place where he loves the Lord. He's serving the Lord. He's preaching the gospel. He is is being evangelistic with what he's doing. And the Jews hate him and the Christians don't trust him. And I imagine Saul just going, man, God, is is this what you called me to do, to be this loner? All right, wow. And this is... This is interesting that everyone is isolating Saul except for two people, Ananias and Barnabas. These are the two people that Saul had to have in his life. And these are the same people that you and I have to have around us if we're going to be who God called us to be. Right. And these, let's flip that. These are the exact people that we need to be in someone else's life. Ananias was bold. He was willing to be used by God in Saul's life with prayers, signs, and wonders. Barnabas was a man who heard from God. Barnabas was a man who was willing to act in what God has called him to do and being faithful in praying and seeing things happen. We need to have and we need to be people of deep prayer and commitment. Okay, We need to have people of great faith 
prayer and commitment in our lives, but we need to be people of great prayer and commitment in the lives of someone else. That's Ananias. Barnabas, it says the son of encouragement, right? The man of encouragement. And we have to be, and we need people around us who are people of encouragement, that I need encouragement in my life. I need someone who champions me and encourages me in what God's called me to do. And I need to be that with other people, that when people come and they speak their God-given dreams and visions and callings, that we, we don't doubt and we don't go, hey, hey, you used to do this and you used to do that. But no, we go, hey, brother, sister, you can do this. And I'm going to walk this journey with you, encouraging you the whole way. These two men centered Saul. And because of these two men, he becomes the Paul that we know today. The people that you are intensely praying for, the people that we go out of our way to encourage, they have a limitless possibility to achieve everything that God has called them to do. Verse 31 is powerful. Powerful. Let's read that again right quick. Verse 31. So the church throughout all of Judea all of Galilee and all Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Judea, Galilee, Samaria had peace and was being built up. They were working in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The whole chapter is a testament to this thought that while we pray, God is working. Let's put this all together, what we just read. The church prays. The one who is wanting to stop the church accepts Jesus as his Lord and Savior. While Saul was praying, God was speaking to Ananias to come pray healing over Saul. While Ananias is praying, God is giving Saul a vision of the exact man who will come pray healing over him. While Saul is preaching, praying, serving God, God is preparing Barnabas to come alongside him. And come along Saul, aside Saul to be an encouragement while everyone else is skeptical. While all of these people are praying, God is bringing peace and strength to the church. That Saul was wreaking havoc and driving them out of their homes and their countries. But now they're at peace. And they're being built up in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. All of these things were happening because the church was praying for peace. While the church was praying, God was dealing with Saul. While Saul was praying, he was dealing with Ananias. When Ananias is praying, he's dealing with Saul. All of these were coming together so there could be peace. I want you to know that there are a lot of puzzle pieces moving around you right now that while you're praying. 
you don't see it. You don't see the things God's stopping. You don't see the things that, that, that God is doing. You'll never know the full extent of the blessings that you're walking in right now. But while you are praying, God is working. Believe it. You may not see it. You may not understand it. But today you can believe it. And the same encounter that Saul had where he finally realizes that Jesus is who he says he is. I'm praying and God is working for you right now. You don't know why you've uh, chose to click on this video. Why you, you don't know how you even found this podcast. But God is working on your heart. And you need to have that same experience that Jesus is who he says he is. That he loves you deeply. That you don't have to live in fear, regret, and shame any longer. You don't have to wonder if there's more into life. You don't have to sit there and hope that, 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 that the emptiness that you feel inside will be filled one day. Because today's the day and Jesus wants to save you and welcome him into his kingdom. I'm going to pray. While I pray, God is working on you. While you're praying, God is working on your behalf in more ways than you would ever know. The last thing is, we talked about it. Church is praying. God's dealing with Saul. Saul's praying. God's dealing with Ananias. Ananias is praying. God's dealing with Saul. Saul's praying. He's dealing with Barnabas. But all this worked together so that he could have an apostle who went to the Gentiles and welcomed them in. The church was praying, and God raised up someone who would give us the majority of the New Testament. That's the power of prayer. Come on, somebody. Lord, we love you, and we thank you so much for what you're doing right now while I'm praying, God, as I'm talking to my Heavenly Father who loves me deeply, God. I know that you are working. God, you're stopping things right now from happening in our lives that we'll never know about. But right now, God, there's, uh, God there are people who are watching who are feeling the emptiness inside of them, Lord. And right now they feel something happening in them that they don't understand. And that's the that, that Saul uh, moment, God, where you're coming and you're speaking to them. You're calling them. You're challenging them. You're loving them. You're going to speak into them the plans that you have for them. Because, God, before they were ever created, you had a plan, calling, and purpose for their life, God. And right now they're, 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 they're encountering that, Lord. God, that while we're praying, you're working, Jesus. So I pray right now they just submit themselves to you and they pray a prayer that they love you and they want to serve you all the days of their life, God. God, and there's people who are listening, watching, God, who are going through situations that they, they don't want to be in, God. And right now, God, you are turning those situations around through prayer that while your people pray, you work, God. And we thank you for that, God. And we trust you. God, if we can't see uh, the see your hand moving around us, God, we still trust that it is. God, even though we don't feel like, even though sometimes we pray that, that, God, we feel that our prayers don't make it past the ceiling of our rooms, God, we trust that you hear us and that you are working on our behalf, God. So help us not to lose faith, not to be dis discouraged, God, but to stay encouraged, God. And God, help us to be an encouragement to the people around us, God, and help us to, to really uh, surround ourselves with people who pray for us and people who encourage us, Lord. God, we thank you so much for what you're doing here at Together Church, God. We give the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I hope you're blessed today. I hope that this has been a blessing to you. If there is someone 
that you know who needs to hear this message, do us a favor, share it with them. Um, if you have been watching regularly, I know many of you have. If you're watching regularly, why don't you do me a favor, invite people over on Sunday and y'all just kind of watch this together and be a blessing with the people around you. We love y'all so much. And I want you to remember life is always better together. We love y'all so much. Have a wonderful, wonderful week.